welcome to a place where we celebrate indie art, indie culture, and the people that color our world with their gifts. My name is Camille, I'm your host, and this is The Soul Dope Show. So I would like to welcome to The Soul Dope Show, Beth. Hey, hi, thank you for having me on your show. Thank you so much for being here. So she's out in Detroit. Are you in Detroit now? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she's at home at the crib in Detroit. I know you'll yes. be busy and you'll be on the road doing your thing. So and we're off right now. We're taking a little break, which is great. I bet. I bet. Yeah. It. All yeah right. I've been traveling literally almost probably since February. Wow. Just off going for the entire year. So it feels really good to be home. You know, I'm looking around like, when did that get here? What is that? And, you know. So that's how I'm feeling right now. Just really trying to um, be comfortable in at home because I've been living out of a bag, you know. And that is something that we could talk about. So I'm an artist, <laughs> and I know a lot of artists have various stages, and a lot of us are like, we want to get on the road, and we want to go on tour, and, and it sounds very romantic, and you know all those things. But what is it really like? <laughs> I mean, you know, and it, 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 it is um, fun. I mean, I always wanted to be on the road. I love it. Mm-hmm. but I love being home too. And especially when you have a home that you love, then you really want to be home. So there is a romantic idea of being on the road, you know, oh, we out on the road. And then yeah. it's that night that you get finished with the show and there's nothing open and you're starving. Yeah. And, and you eating some saltine crackers. <laughs> that's yeah. the, that's the part that's not cute. So, yeah. Yeah. Is there like... um favorite moments on the road so for those of you who don't know she has been touring I think I read the last eight years with Kim mm-hmm. and done some did you tour with Anita Baker or you just I saying? did okay. with her five years yeah yeah so for your experience actually as someone who has been on the road you've been a lot of places and <laughs> done a lot of things been a lot of places favorite, lot is there a favorite things. place like a favorite city um, or country yeah actually um my favorite place is Johannesburg, South Africa. Oh, man. That's like my ultimate favorite place. Um, it's just nothing like being in Africa. First of all, period. it's just a beautiful, amazing place. So you have that. And then you have the fact that you're going with an artist and you don't have to pay for it. So it makes it even better. <laughs> and you want to get paid and free. then you want to do something you love to do. Get paid for it. And it's oh, a trip. That's the that's one of my favorite things about um singing is yeah. that it's afforded me to literally travel this world. There's some countries I haven't been to that I would love to go to. Um and they're on the list. Yeah. And but I would, you know, I'm enjoying um the opportunity, the gift, the blessing of being able to travel to tour, get paid, and you're doing something that you love to do. That is so I, I absolutely <laughs> love. What a blessing that is the goal. Well, let's go, yeah. let's rewind to the beginning. So uh, back to the bio, people, because some of you don't know. It's <laughs> a Motown daughter. So this thing, this soul thing, this music is in your DNA. <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah. So in the beginning, um, of course, your dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Punk brother, legendary. But for you, when did you or when did they put you in front of the church like they did a lot of us? Or did you decide kind of on your own that this is like this is music? Is it for me? Um, you know, my parents saw something in me. But as a kid, I wasn't ready. I wasn't developed. And so 
I resisted it. You know, I liked watching it. I liked being in the midst of it, but I didn't want to be up front. You know, I remember as far back as, you know, being a little kid during Easter and they give me my little Easter verse and you got to go up <laughs> to church and, yeah. you know, and I couldn't do it. I was terrified to stand up. I'm like, they looking at me. I'm not about to do this. So it just, it wasn't a good thing yeah. when I was little. But what happened was I, I loved music so much and I loved to sing so much that the desire and the drive for me to do it never stopped. So I had to figure out how to get past the stage fright um, mm-hmm. that I had. You know, it still tries to creep up every once in a while, especially when I do solo stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to make a decision on whether I wanted to allow the fear to govern me or I wanted to use my gift. And I knew by working with Anita Baker, by working with Kim for so long, that if I allowed myself to not push forward, I was just going to either be a background singer the rest of my life. And then when that artist decided they didn't want to do anything anymore, then I'm going to be back at home and be mad and frustrated, you know? Yeah. So um, I just was like, no, I got to figure this out. So work past that and um, I think one of the things that I did that frightened me the most, but I am so proud I did, was um, putting my first album out. I put my first album out in 2017. So that was really uh, a big thing for me to do, not knowing what to do, not knowing how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then the album comes out and then I'm like, OK, I get a call to go on The Voice. And I'm like, OK, I'm not doing that. And so I told him no. And then they called back and asked me a second time. And the first time I said no, so my mother had gotten sick and I was taking care of her. So I was just like, I can't do it because I have to move to L.A. and all this kind of stuff. And it just wasn't going to work. But they called a second time. My mother was better. And my husband and I talked. And so he was like, you better go or, you know, just take the chance to do something different. So I went. That was a great experience for me, was able to build my fan base. But most importantly, I built my confidence and I felt self-assured and I felt like okay if I'm staying here in front of like eight nine ten million people TV characters the same yeah like you don't realize how many people are watching you until you know you start talking to the show producers and they're talking to you and they're prepping you and they're like well you know it's gonna be this many million people watching you like what (laughs) not just my mama watching me like so you know, and so that was really a confidence booster for me. So me coming back from that show really changed my um, perspective mm-hmm. of myself. Yeah, it changed the trajectory of my career, and it just really, um, it really helped me. It was a good thing um, for me to do that. And so came back home, start working on album number two, continue to work with Kim. Mm-hmm. Um, caught the eye of Eddie Levert, so I, I now work with the OJ's as well. Yes. Um, I'm gonna back up to um to the voice. So I don't even know what season it was. A million 16. ago, you did six, sixteen. No, I yes. auditioned one year. I was you said what now? I auditioned. I'm trying to think of what year it was. So <laughs> I only did the first part where it's like the crazy chaos and there's a billion people. Well, yours was a different experience because, but I went to like the call thing when it for kind of first started, <laughs> and it was nuts and it that's why funny. I said I would never do it because no, I, I never do it thought again. that that's how they cast it for the yeah. show but then when I realized they cast the other way like yeah. they you know so yeah, they will find you now social media is a powerful thing <laughs> mm-hmm. so when I, went, when I went it was kind of when it was first starting so they weren't doing that part yet so you yeah. had to pick a city and go like so I went to Chicago and it was just one of the most fun but crazy things but I left there like I would never do this but I get it because you see 
when the shows come on and all they show you is that line wrapped around the football field. And you like, oh, uh, I don't like, you be like, as much as I love singing, I don't want to sing that bad. I don't want to sing that bad. (laughs) You do meet cool people along the way. Yes, Um, you do. Coming out of that, I know people will see the show. And then I saw like you had an opportunity to work with John Legend and Kelly Garson coaches. Um, and they both seem well, I'm partial to John because he's from Ohio. So Okay, okay. And he was also that was the first season there that I, I was on the show. Oh wow. Oh, that's a, he's like an OG of, of the voice now. Um, right, right. <laughs> so in your experience coming out of the voice, I would imagine that that opened up opportunities for you. We don't always get to hear about the after the show because there's so many people along the years. Did it open doors or just kind of Maybe you know, know, the only thing it did was me coming off the show, me living in Detroit, you know, everybody in Detroit was calling me for something. Okay. Um, but I was already a working artist here. Yeah. So it was pretty much, you know, mm-hmm. not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yes, but no, you know what I'm saying? That's I was already footage. on the road to the artist, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I came home and... Um, went right back on the road and, con- and people were booking me for shows. I think that when you're a background singer and you tell people you sing solo, they don't necessarily always take you seriously. So then they see you on a TV show, then they start taking you seriously. So the, I was on the show 2019, 2018 prepping, 2019, the show airs the top of 2019. The show's over in April. Um, I come back home and um the phone started ringing which is great I started mm-hmm. doing shows but then and I'm working up until the end of the year and then okay we all know what happened at the top of 2020 we did. so everything that I had started um being excited for prepping for from 2019 going into 2020 um yeah. you know changed yeah. so I would say yes the show helped with me building a fan base um growing my fan fan base um but that's it because the show really after you're off the show they don't have anything to do with you yeah because i know like when i watch a show and there's contestants that i really like then i'll go find them on instagram or whatever and follow their career so i imagine it's very it's cool in that way because people are like okay team beth <laughs> we out here what you yeah. doing now? what you got going on girl right that's <laughs> about it i mean even the girl that won my season you know um Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's like, okay. And it's really basically for you to take the momentum that you have built, gained, whatever, and then you have to run with it. They're not going to, you know. Yeah. And I think people shouldn't really go looking for that. Use it. But they do. They do. Yeah, I know. Picks you up. But the difference is the voice is different than American Idol. American Idol kind of does something with their people, the voice doesn't. So okay. yeah, because AI does like touring and like all set all this stuff up because they can keep getting the money. Yeah, I get I, it. I get it. Okay. I wish the voice would figure that out, <laughs> but thirty-seven okay. seasons in, you would think what? Right. <laughs> so let's talk about Kim. How did that happen? That you that? Yeah, you know, Kim is from Detroit, so <laughs> it was one of those things where I had worked with Anita, toured with her for about five years, and um, got a call that he was just looking to. Re- place his singers, make some changes, some personnel changes or whatever. I wasn't with her anymore. And um, I was just kind of doing some session work around town and trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And um, a friend of mine, knew Kim's manager, reached out to her and let her know that, you know, he had known she was looking for somebody and 
Kim and I literally actually met face to face on a movie set. So they were filming Sparkle here in Detroit, which is Whitney's last movie. I'm Kim had a camera. She went right into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's the okay. segue, right? But okay, this, this perfect. <laughs> so they're filming Sparkle in Detroit. And um, so his manager, I, I look at the him and his manager, um, his manager and I were kind of talking back and forth. She was getting to know me, and mm-hmm. before she even introduced me to him, you know, it's kind of vetting me and going, yeah, finding yeah. out stuff. And so we were on the movie set and literally met. She and I met in person, and then she goes, "Well, you know, Kim is here," and I'm like, "What?" She goes, "He has a cameo on the movie." So she takes him to his trailer. He's got the star on there. It's Kim. He comes out. I meet him, and he goes, "Okay, nice to meet you." And I'm like, "Well, I, you know, hope I can work with you one day." Well, that was crazy. He was like, "So what are you doing here?" And I'm like, "I'm Whitney's body double." And he goes, "Oh, so it was this crazy." So. <laughs> Yeah, so that's how we literally met that's on the set. It was it was crazy. That's kind of and which goes on to body the Whitney double. story, which I yeah, ended yeah. up being a body double on her stand in for the Sparkle movie. So yeah. So do for it to be a body double, do you like audition for it, or they kind of like somebody send you? I don't, how the heck does that happen? <laughs> Listen, if I knew, <laughs> but really they they were just doing the open casting for extras for the movie, uh-huh. and um, she. Um, my measurements, my height, my shoes, uh-huh. everything. Because when you're the stand-in or body double, you really need to be as similar in, in physical mm-hmm. characteristics of the person that you're copying or you know standing in for, or whatever. And so, yeah, we we pretty much same height, same shoe size. I could wear her clothes because I had to wear her clothes for some stuff, and I was just like, oh my god, this is with my sweater. So yeah, so stuff like that. But so I. I just filled out the paperwork to be a an extra in the movie and they had one particular scene for me some club scenes or something they wanted me to be in but I think at the time I was going out I think I was still with Anita I might have been or I had something to do mm-hmm. I may not have heard that time but I can't remember but I had something to do and I just couldn't I couldn't do it so I remember the lady called me and she she says, well, we have this part for you. And I was like, I can't do it. She says, well, I can't promise you, you know, we'll call you back. I said, please. please. Yeah. You know, because Whitney's like my favorite singer ever. Listen, I just, I was just like, oh my God. And um, they literally called me back. And when they called me back for the part, they didn't tell me what it was for. Okay. They just said, we have something for you. We need you to come down here. And I'm like, well, what is it? They was like, we just need you to come down. It was me and a couple of other girls and they just kind of sized us up. And then next day um, I got a call. I was like, you got the part. And I'm like, but what's the part <laughs> to do? What? What, 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 you know, what are we doing? And they were like, oh, you're going to be a body double and a stand in. I'm like for, and they were like for Miss Houston. I'm like, are you kidding me? So the next day, like I reported to this little um, old, we have an area in Detroit that is, um, real vintage looking and they, they made it into an old dress shop. It was a scene in the movie, if you remember Sparkle, the dress yeah. shop. So, so I had to report there that morning and we were standing around and waiting for her to come in. And when she came in, I was just like, <gasps> like, so it was the most amazing. <laughs> I totally fanned out, but yeah, uh, it was, it was, I mean, that was it, it was Whitney Houston. You can't, you, like, as much as you would try to contain and be like, yeah. like you can't, it's freaking Whitney Houston. Like, yeah, I fanned out over a couple people in my life and she's one, you know, Gladys, I've had an opportunity to meet Gladys. Oh, yeah. I fanned out. Patty LaBelle, I fanned out. Aretha Franklin, I fanned out. Like, I'm just standing and I'm like, yeah. They're, they they set the tone for black women in music. You know what I'm saying? And then when you see them and then they're real and you're just like, oh my God. Did you see Patty LaBelle's Drink Champs episode? I saw clips. It's of- so good. It's, I've it got to feel 
Like, let me go do everything right now. Like as a black woman, as an artist is probably one of the most inspiring and fun and reason yeah. I've ever seen. Like, I want to watch that because that's, like, I'm, that's the mode that I'm in right now. I'm in that mode. Like, listen, I didn't get it. Get it while you get it. Yeah. That she was talking and she was fun. And I'm like, man, this woman has been here for so much and she's telling stories, you know, Prince and Elton John and all this stuff and how she cooks for everybody. So yes, watch it. <laughs> like, so did you have some downtime? Thank like, you. I okay. Yeah. Yeah, man, you met Aretha. Yeah, that was crazy. My dad was her first touring keyboard player. Wow. So my father actually worked with her. So that was really cool because my dad used to tell me stories about Aretha Franklin all the time. And I'd be like, you don't know Aretha Franklin, <laughs> you know. And so when I met her and I told her because my father since deceased and I met her and I said, like, oh, you work with my dad. And she was like, oh, your daddy, we had a ball. That was my first keyboard player on the road. And I was like, oh, my God. He oh. was on. <laughs> I mean, you probably knew everybody. Yeah, I can imagine the stories <laughs> that yeah. that man could tell. What oh, some, some of them he took to the grave with him, I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Motown? Foo, I yeah. Yeah, yeah. And being a musician, the things he just was in the room for that yes. they not talk yes. about. <laughs> so what an awesome legacy for you. Yes, I'm honored. Thank you. That. It's really, really beautiful. Let's see. We didn't talk about, I really want to talk about your music and then I have some fun stuff. Too. Yay. Okay. So let's the talk new about music the, album. My favorite. <laughs> the, the new album. The cover is gorgeous. Thank you. Um, yeah. Really luxurious and stuff. And I always say one of my things, black people deserve luxury. We deserve to be luxurious and yes. look lavish. And that is exactly what candles and yes. Oh. You know, yes. All of it and the fur and the lights and the all the things. So that is definitely what this cover is getting. So the album <laughs> is Get to Know Me. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about um when you decided this is what I I'm gonna do this. This is what I'm gonna name it. And this is kind of what direction I want to go. Um, the name of the album, I'll start with that. That just kind of came probably at the end. I had no idea what I was going to name the album. Mm -hmm. um, I had worked on um, all the songs. And I think the actual title cup to the song or to the album, Get to Know Me, was the last one of the last songs we even recorded. Mm -hmm. And I think we had gone over everything. And, you know, I can be really, you know, weird sometimes. I was just like, oh, my God, we have 11 songs. We can't just have 11. It has to be an even number. We need another song. <laughs> He's looking at me like, you know that doesn't matter. I'm it feels like, weird. Yes, it does matter. Mm -hmm. And so he goes, what kind of song do you want? I said, I need something upbeat. I need something with a little, little fire. And so we came up with Get to Know Me. Um, I loved the beat of it. And I loved what we wrote about. And I, after we finished with that song, I said, that's the title of my album and that's my story. That's going to be my theme for this album, Get to Know Me, because that song actually talks about um, what my life has been since. And I have to say, after coming off the show, the, the voice doesn't um, define me, right. but that changed a lot of stuff because that put me out in the public. And so people that didn't know me had their own idea and perception of me. And my thing is now my first album was one way with me not knowing what I was doing, not knowing how to do it. This second album, I have no, um, better awareness and knowledge of the music, 
of me, what I wanted it to sound like. So I'm like, this is the perfect title. Get to know me, get to know me. And then I'm getting to know me too at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like every project you're different, you know, the same person, but different. Like, especially Mm -hmm. if there's years between Mm -hmm. stuff in between and you evolve or grow. Mm -hmm. And there's just like, I got new stuff to talk about now, or, or I have new ways to talk about what I used to talk about before. Exactly. Now I'm a little bit more inside, a little different perspective on situations as a songwriter and as how you deliver music. Like if you go through some pain, there's a little more angst in your voice. If you fall in love, there's a little more bounce in your voice um, as life progresses. Yes. Yeah. So do you have a favorite song on the album? Not yet. Um, <laughs> I love all 12 of them. Um, I have 12 new children, 12 new babies. Yeah. And um, I love them all. And I'm listening to the songs every day. And I'm just getting more acclimated to the songs. I mean, you told me you auditioned for The Voice, so you get this whole singing thing. Yeah. You write a song, but yeah. you don't know the words because you just poured it out. And then somebody says singing. You were like, well, I got to go learn my own song. Yeah. So I'm in the process of learning these songs right now. I'm in the process of um, getting comfortable with them and living with them and then I'll probably know my favorite. And, you know, sometimes you don't have a favorite. You just like everything. But right now I'm just trying to learn all the songs. I'm trying to see which one feel the best to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I do know that Go ahead. because we first started with um, Let Me Be, we kind of voted that that was a strong song to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, for the people that pre-ordered on iTunes, that was an instant gratification song. So you pre-order and they automatically gave you Let Me Be. Okay. So that song has kind of been, you know, gnawing at me, maybe a little bit more than the other ones, only because I've had to hear that song so much yeah. more. I've actually had to perform that song Okay. already. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. When you get to performing the songs, it, that's when I think it really sets in and it just like, and then you get to... Uh, even for how you feel, but also crowd interaction and you can yes. see the audience responds to it because that stuff, that stuff really matters. <laughs> it really, really matters. You singing your heart out and everybody's yeah. like. Then you're like, that? that maybe not, it might be my favorite, but maybe yeah, not. But so it might be my favorite, but they don't like this. One, so let me go on to the next song, right? <laughs> okay, kind of lukewarm. So let me try this one. And then it's too, like it might be a song that, of course, you're going to love, that, like you're your babies, but it might not necessarily be the one you would pick to perform, but that's the one that people like the most. <laughs> it's always that one that's not so <laughs> and that's the one everybody yes. wants. Always, always yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm trying to be as non-partial as I can (laughs) and don't get too attached to it because they're going to be like, sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. I'm like, I don't even want to say, well, that's the one we want. That's the one you have to say. Okay. Yeah. It's different getting to know, like you said, getting to know your own songs, sitting with them because Mm -hmm. the, the creating process and the studio process and the performing it process is very different. Yes, it is. I would say artists always ask artists, if they had to pick which one of those two things to do, which is which one is your favorite? Because some people love studio, hate the stage. Some people love the stage, hate the studio. Understandably, because you can sing the same word over and over again right. <laughs> for hours so you get it right. Um, right. But for you, is there one that you prefer over the other? The live uh, is my favorite. Yeah. Um, 
and this is may sound very shallow, but when it's live, you get to dress up and be cute. <laughs> yes. So you get yeah, to you be dressing. <laughs> I love clothes. I love clothes so much. And so when you perform live, you get the singing, you get the fashions, you get the drama. Yeah. Whereas when you're in the booth, you better not come in there with all that mess on. Well, nothing, you no. won't be able to deliver because you, you know, okay. so... But I do love the creating process too. That is one of my favorites. That would that's a you know performing would be ten, creating would be nine. Yeah, I, yeah. I feel the same way, um, and maybe for me, a slight edge to writing. Mm. Like, oh yes, like oh, I'm, I'm really good at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then with performing, there it's just a lot. Like action, people, energies which is exciting and it's like this high that only an artist would know what that is like. When you come off that stage, you feel oh, like a truck hits you and you ready yeah. to just, it's, it's so like funny. somebody letting the air out of a balloon. You <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it feels like. Yeah. like pajamas and chicken wings when you pull it. Like, match those lashes off and yeah. go. Like, <laughs> All the adrenaline and the building yeah. up, getting dressed, the hair, the makeup, the... Yeah. This shoe, that shoe, you on the stage, the musicians, the like, yes, it's a lot. Um, yeah. But what a life! Like I wouldn't, can't imagine picking anything else. Yeah, personally, I um, love. It. Okay, so que- a question. One of my favorite questions: If I was to, like I am, going to introduce you to people, and mm-hmm. I had to introduce you with one of your songs. Mm-hmm. What song would you want me to play for them first? Ooh, that's a good question. I got to only pick one. One song. So I'm like, yeah, I'm listening to this artist, Beth. Let me play something for you. What am I playing? Um, I think to start right now. It's a hard question. Ooh, <laughs> Like how do I wrap myself up in one song? Like, hmm. um, I think I will actually go back to my first album. Okay, there's a song called "Free" on my first album, and that song is very special to me because that was the song that I wrote based on me making the decision to step out and be a solo artist. Mm-hmm. And that was me saying, I'm going to free myself from the limitations and bondage that I put on myself. So you I think that's still that one, right? very relevant. Huh, say that again? You have a video for that one, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. You look beautiful in that video. I watched it last night. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, that That is just, I think that song really, even though there's a new album out, that song still will always be performed. And it's very, um, that's a definition of me. It still stands yeah. as a definition of me. I think we, as women too, we always fight for our freedom yeah. to be be able to express ourselves and be ourselves and still take care of home and do everything yeah. at the same time, balance and juggle. So that, I think that song really defines me as a whole between mm-hmm. both albums. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good one. I think that I watched the video. It's just visually, it's beautiful. And the message of the song, I don't know who that wouldn't resonate with. <laughs> Thank you, know, you. Who doesn't want to be free? And I think absolutely. That's one of those songs that will just be free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can play it and it's relevant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we got like. I wanted to pick something off the second album, but 
<laughs> I was I was trying. You know, I got to tell like how I really, really feel. Yeah. Like this, this, I love everything on that album, but that first, that free song is just, yeah. Yeah. All right. So I got some rapid fire fun questions. We got like eight Uh-oh. minutes. Um, you mentioned that there are some places you want to go. What would be mm-hmm. off the top of your head? You can go to a country tomorrow and saying where we're to be or any place. Mm, probably Asia. Asia. Okay. Somewhere and in Asia. Yeah. Somewhere in Asia. When you're not on stage, what are you doing for fun? Sleeping and shopping. I love sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and shopping. I'm laying in the bed okay. shopping. That's what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Those are my. Yes. I, so I have a newborn. So, yes. <laughs> oh, of course. Anything. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, as a support vocalist, would you encourage artists to do that? Because a lot of people don't be like, oh, doing backgrounds. I don't know. I'm a solo artist. Um, do you think it is a good door opener? It can be. And it depends on how you approach it. If you are just wanting to do background, that's one thing. But you have to have a targeted artist and level of artist that you want to work for. And that can elevate your career. Everybody's not meant to sing solo. and Everybody's not meant to sing background. Just because you can sing doesn't mean you should, you know what I'm saying? So, you know. It's not my shining point. Um, okay. If you were to have an R&B dinner party and you could invite mm-hmm. five artists dead or alive to talk about whatever, who Ooh. coming to your dinner party? Whitney, Aretha, Luther, Patti LaBelle, <laughs> he was flying through them too One yeah because those are like my you know yeah. I, they would have stories beyond stories and maybe you know what who I, I would have there's two other people I would love to have but I'd balance it out I, I, I probably with um, Marvin Gaye Marvin Gaye I would love to know what Marvin Gaye thinks about what's going on. <laughs> that, that wrote itself. <laughs> that just their stories alone, because he would be tying the old with, with some of the new and the Oh yeah, I would just love it. Oh. To see him take a look at what yeah, what's happening now. Mm. What he thinks about that. I think that is it. Okay, we do this thing on the Soul Dope show. I gotta get my timer. It's called 30 Seconds of Joy. Ooh, I love that. Take 30 seconds to just gush about something that you love. It could be literally anything. We've had a range of things. So something that excites you that you want people to know about. So I'm going to give you, we want to start in three seconds. You got your thing? Yeah, I'm ready. I know, right off the top of my head. All right, here's 30 Seconds of Joy with Beth starting now. My 30 seconds of joy is that my new album dropped September 30th and all I wanted was a good album, but my, my album is great. We debuted at number one on Amazon on the U.S. new releases, the R&B Soul Chart. We debuted at number six on iTunes. So that is my joy. I'm so excited. 
excited for everybody that pre-ordered. I'm excited for everybody that downloaded. I'm excited for all of the streams that we're getting. I'm excited every time I see the Facebook ads. I'm excited every time I see the Pandora ads. I'm excited every time I see the charts and we're still on the charts. I'm excited because the phone has been ringing. I'm excited to do these interviews. I'm excited because I get to get new clothes because there's going to be new shows coming up. <laughs> New places. I'm so excited. Y'all have no idea. I am bubbling on the inside. Everybody keeps asking me, how do I feel? I can't explain it because I'm so, so, so excited. Um, I'm going to have the time of my life for the rest of 2022, going into 2023 and beyond. I hope you all see me in a city.